Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. In this teaching series, Kevin speaks about various themes from the book of Proverbs, providing us with practical wisdom for a life well lived. Visit kevinconnor.org for more details. So let's turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 30, and the rest of our session we're going to spend on this. Okay, now um, let's go back to those uh, sheets here. And you'll have to uh, take down some extra notes for you yourself here. Okay. So page 17 and a bit up the top of page 18. All right, now let's, uh, let's read the word again and we're going to spend uh, um, that... Uh, you know, I've done a whole session on this. Okay, a page, page four. Uh, oh, what did I say? Page seventeen, and then uh, there are Proverbs chapter thirty and verse four. Sorry. No, page seventeen first, darling. My lovey dove, my honey pottle, my treacle face, my bunny nose, all those. <laughs> My my good thing I told you about last week. Whoso finds a wife finds a good thing. My wife's a good thing. Okay, we right now? Okay, so let's go to Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 4. All right, now, I want you, I want you to make sure you're coming along with me. So I've made question number one. Who hath ascended into heaven or descended? Okay, so uh, let, let's uh, let's put that up on the on the thing here, ascending and descending. Number two or number three, who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Number four, who hath bound the waters in a garment? Number five, who has established the, uh, all the ends of the earth? And then number uh, six or seven, what is his name and what is his son's name? If you can tell. Okay, so we have a, what I call there on your notes there, a sevenfold question, breaking it up there. And so down the bottom here, we've got uh, the seven, the two questions, and then going over the next page, who had gathered the wind in his fist, who had bound the waters in the garment, who had established the ends of the earth, what is his name and what is his son's name, if you can tell. Okay, now I want to, uh, and, and, and uh, please, uh, for me, the Bible's like a divine jigsaw puzzle. So uh, you, how many have put a puzzle together? So when you're putting a puzzle together, you, you lay out all the parts and you don't force the parts or you distort the picture. You don't pick up a part and say, oh, well, I don't know where that fits, throw it away. Uh, if you keep doing that, you'll have no puzzle. But everything locks and interlocks. So for me, uh, when I study, and this is my fixation uh, as a teacher, uh, when I study the Bible, I go through the, my concordance and look up all the parts of the puzzle. So we're going to do that tonight, particularly on uh, who hath ascended and descended, and then we're going to go down to what is his name, what is his son's name. Okay, so let's, uh, who, who's looking after our PowerPoints? Put up ascending and descending. Now, bear with me as we go through this. What's that? Oh. Oh, that's why I couldn't see it. Oh, okay. All right. Can everybody see it there or, or no? Uh, it's just I want to use the board later on. Yeah. Um Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll do that then. Um, thanks, Tito. Help, help an old man. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Now, what I want, what what I'd like you to do with me, so that we build our jigsaw puzzle together. What I've put over here, most of them, I've put the ascending and descending scriptures, and uh, I put. Those who in the Old Testament and then where they're quoted in the New Testament. 
So does that make sense to everybody? So we'll go to the Old Testament, then we'll go to the New Testament quotation. All right, now, let's start and let's go back to Genesis chapter tw- uh, 28. Genesis 28, now I'm, I'm, go- I'm making it work here. Genesis chapter 28. And uh, we'll pick up in verse 12. Genesis 28, verse 12. Now remember, we're building our our puzzle together. Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. Now it's referring to Jacob, okay? So Jacob, now I hope you've got your Bible here. I'd like you to see this, verse 12. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So Jacob is the first one where this ascending and descending, but I don't know because I I need some more puzzle parts. Okay, so Jacob has his dream. Uh, In fact, I need to go back to... uh, I, I need to go back to verse 10. Now Jacob uh, went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he went out from one place and went toward some other place. You never go out unless you go toward. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun was set. Notice this, uh, it's a night experience. And he took one of the stones, plural, of that place and put it for his pillow because he was hard-headed. And he lay down in that place to sleep. That's the way I should have read. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels, and, and there the angels of God were ascending, going up, and coming down on it. Now, I want to keep reading because... There's so much in this passage here. Then we'll go to what Jesus says. Because Jesus really interprets Jacob's ladder for us. Okay? So in verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you uh, lie I will give, uh, give give to you. And your descendants and also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your seed, uh, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So confirm the Abrahamic covenant with you. Now, notice in verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back into this land, for I will not leave you till I've uh, done what I've spoken to you. Then Jacob awaked out of, out of his, from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Presence of God, he wakes out of his dream, and uh, God's there, and I didn't know it. And he was afraid, afraid of the presence of God, and said, How awesome, or how dreadful is this place. There's none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. Then Jacob, now I want you to note this, and I hope you're getting some thoughts here. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone. So out of the stones, there was a particular stone he took. And what did he do? Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put, for his he- uh, had put at his head, set it up for a pillar. So now the stone that was a place of rest now becomes a pillar. It was a pillow. Now it becomes a pillar. And what happened? He poured oil on the top of it. This is the first record in the Bible of anointing a rock with oil. And Paul says that rock that followed them was not Jesus. It says that rock that followed them was Christ because Christ means the anointed. Okay, now continue poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, 
which means house of God, but the name of the city had been Luz or Lutz previously. Now notice in verse 20, and this is before the law. I really get agitated with what's going on in the church today. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth, a tithe to you. So if I said to Jacob, uh, what does Bethel mean to you? Oh, it means a, uh, the sun is going down. It's a night experience. But I have this dream and I see angels of God ascending and descending on this ladder, this staircase. And I woke out of my dream and said, oh, it's the house of God, it's Bethel. And he said, I made a vow to God. And, uh, you know, I, I've got eight books against tithing. Eight books. I'm fed up with them all. I said, I don't care whether you... A man, a man from... Oh, I shouldn't say this. Yeah, I will say a bit of it. Uh, a man from Brisbane phoned me for two years and said, well, God's going to judge me for... I said, he'll judge you for not paying tithes. I don't care whether you pay tithes or not. I don't pay tithes, I give tithes. Because it says Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. This is before the law. And he says, I'm not under law, I'm under grace. I said, you're under disgrace. <laughs> and then he said, when, when Abraham gave, is this all right? I'm indulging. I'm getting something off my chest. Uh, and he said, uh, when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, he said, uh, it was an Arab custom. So I hung up the phone. I said, look, I said, there, Ishmael wasn't even born and Esau wasn't even born. There were no Arabs around. So I hung up. Haven't heard from him for two years, praise God. Anyway, so, so I want you to get the importance of Bethel to Jacob and the promise of paying tithes and this dream. Now, let's go over to the New Testament quotation and see, we would never know, and uh, we hear some weird things there, but we'd never know unless Jesus gave us the clue about what Jacob's ladder is. So let's go over to John's Gospel, over to the New Testament here. What did I say? John's Gospel, chapter 1. Are you feeling better now than on the first session? I knew, I knew that. Okay, John chapter 1, and uh, we'll read verse, uh, well, we'll pick up a couple of verses there to lead into it. Uh, let's go to verse 48. So Nathaniel's gone and got, got uh, his brother. So Nathaniel said to him, verse 48, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Fig tree, symbol of Israel. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Revelation, that is. Son of God, not just the Son of Mary. Son of God and King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things uh, than these. And he, said to, and he said to him, most assuredly, now listen to verse 51, I say to you, hereafter you will see heaven opened. Oh, that's like Jacob. He had heaven opened. And the angels of God, oh, that's like Jacob. Ascending and descending, but he changes the language upon the Son of Man. Not upon Jacob's ladder, but the one Jacob's ladder pointed to. Do you get it? You see, man sinned. And when man sinned, 
there came a big, great gulf between heaven and earth. And so the only way that grace could come to us is grace is not man coming to God. When we first come to Christ, you know, when I was younger, younger, younger Christian, I'd say, oh, I accepted Jesus. No, I say now, he accepted me. I came to God. Uh, no, he, God came to me. You, you get it all mixed up when you first, uh, because we're very selfish, human nature. Okay, so I see the angels of God, and the angels of God are ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So the latter represented, pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you're climbing a ladder, and some people say to me, oh, Kevin, you've got to get rid of the first principles, repentance from dead works, faith towards God. I said, no, I'm climbing Jacob's ladder. And the higher up the ladder I go, the more dependent I am on the previous rungs. So when you come to God through Christ, Jacob's ladder, you begin at the bottom rung which is repentance from dead works. If you want to put seven steps there, put down Hebrews chapter 6. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And he lists seven steps because God was at the top of the ladder. And see, the ladder pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. So God let Jesus Christ down from heaven as the Son of Man and the Son of God and we begin at his feet. And we start with, let me say them to you. Number one, repentance from dead works. Number two, faith towards God. Number three, doctrine of baptisms, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism. Number four, uh, resurrection, no, laying out of hands. Number five, resurrection from the dead. Number six, eternal judgment. And number seven, because God's at the top, perfection. They are the seven principles of the doctrine of Christ. So, uh, the Lord Jesus interprets Jacob's ladder. How many are climbing Jacob's ladder? Uh, Which rung are you on? (laughs) I'm almost up to glory. (laughs) Okay. Now, let's go to the next... Well, disappeared. Okay. Let's go to the next one. And uh, let's go... This is... A bit peculiar, but let's go over to Deuteronomy and, uh, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Are you enjoying this now? Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 30. And you see, as we often used to say, that the New Testament writers are the infallible interpreters of the Old Testament. So, see if it's quoted in the New Testament. So, Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we'll pick up at verse 11 and uh, through to uh, 14. For this commandment which I command you this day is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend, note the ascend there, into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear and do it. But the word is very near unto you in your, uh, in your mouth and in your heart uh, that you may see and do it. I have set before you life and good, death and evil, It's like God saying, I've set before you two trees, tree of eternal life, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, death and evil. You you pick your choice. Now, let's go over to the New Testament quotation and in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And uh, let's go to verse uh, s- uh, 6 and 7, I think it is. Oh, no, let's go back to verse 5. Verse 5, Romans uh, 10. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live in, uh, by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, oh, where would you get that from, Paul? 
Kevin, read Deuteronomy. I'm quoting it from there. Oh, thank you, Paul. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Oh, notice how he interprets it. Or who will descend or ascend and descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth and the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, not your head, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, not the head, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For uh, the scripture says, whosoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Well, where do you go? Where's he getting all that from? Ascending, descending, ascending, descending. Okay, now let's pick up the next part of the puzzle. I'll bring all this together, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, said amen. <laughs> okay, let's go over to, uh, uh, back to Psalm 68 now. Psalm 68 and uh, verse 18 will do. Or verse 17 and 18 will lead into it. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. The Lord is among uh, them as in Sinai in the holy place. Now, listen to this. It's, it's peculiar. I mean, you know, it seems right out of context. You, whoever the you is, you have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell in them. You haven't got a clue what that, that, that's about. You have ascended on high. Well, who's ascended on high? You've led capti- captivity captive. Well, who's? You've received gifts among men. I, I don't understand that psalm, do you? Well, let's see if Paul helps us. Does everybody see what I'm doing? Okay, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And, uh, yeah, let's go to, um, yeah, let's go to verse 1, lead into it. Okay, how am I doing on time? Oh, okay, uh, let's go to verse 1. Uh, chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling uh, with which you have been called, with all loneliness and uh, uh, gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing, uh, bearing with, uh, one, uh, with one another in love, putting up with one another, uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one God and Father of, our, uh, of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, well, Paul, where did you get that from? Kevin, read Psalm 68. I'm quoting from there. Oh, okay. You helped my feeble mind. Everybody said amen. When he ascended, who's he referring to? Christ. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Now, I want you to note the language here. It doesn't say he led captives. He led captivity captive. Now, keep that in mind, freeze that, and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, law of opposites. What does it mean that he also first descended? If he, de- if he ascended, implied, impl- implication safely is there that he also descended. Everybody said amen with me? Does that make sense? So... He ascended. What does it mean that he also first descended? Where? 
into the lower down divisions of the earth, or the lower parts of the earth. Where did he descend? And then, verse 10, he who descended is also the one who ascended. Oh, now, Paul, thank you. Because Psalm 68 says, who has ascended? Who has descended? I'm confused. No, I'm not. And then in verse 11, or verse 10, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all, he- all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now, notice Paul does something that fills in the gifts to men because we don't know what their gifts are. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. What for? I've, I've circled the three fours. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of faith. Oh, now, Paul, thank you for helping me. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. And what were the gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, shepherds and teachers. And then he says four. Okay, now, have we got one more? Okay, uh, let's go to John chapter 20. And I put this in just to confuse you. It's just because some uh, uh, Christians (laughs) ask me this scripture here. Okay, John chapter 20 and verse, uh, oh, yeah, let's go to verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 16. Uh, just to fill in a little bit, this is the morning of the resurrection. Jesus has just risen from the dead. And uh, oh, let's go to verse 15. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Silly woman, she was in this case. She said unto, uh, to, said to her, Mary, as only Jesus could say your name. She turned and said to him, Rabbi, which is to say teacher. Jesus said, now, note this, and some of the translations mess this thing up. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. I am ascending. Okay, now let's try and fill in a little bit of the jigsaw puzzle. Jesus was here on, uh, you can say amen as I go through, Jesus was here on earth uh, for 33 and a half years at least. Is that right? And he ministered for three and a half years as we understand it. And then he was crucified and buried. Now, what happened to Jesus over the three days and three nights? Uh, Okay. Thank you, Dr. Schofield. Uh, Dr. Schofield's d- dead and knows better now. And I used to have a Schofield Bible. Now, a lot of Christians... <laughs> Is this all right, Tito? You, you still love me, don't you? I mean, it's not my fault if I'm right. <laughs> I had great anointings on this till I found I was wrong. See, I was taught and believed everything I was taught that, G- uh, that when Jesus died... He went to hell and preached to the goodies down there for three days and three nights, misinterpreting scripture in Peter. There's no second chance after death. He's not preaching to anybody. But seven times in the Gospel of John, it says, I go to my father and to your father. And he says, into your hand on the cross, The last saying he said was, into your hand I commit my spirit. So did his spirit go to hell? No. 
this is what I believe, okay, and without a lot of time here, because I've got to watch my time, uh, Jesus ascended in spirit to heaven. But not bodily, in spirit. So he wasn't preaching to anybody in the three days and three nights, but at the end of the three days and three nights, as I now understand it, was he went down and he led captivity captive. Now, what, what do you mean by captivity? Did you know uh, at the end of Job, Job 40, if you don't believe me, look it up and you can check it out. In Job chapter 40, uh, Job was sick. He'd been smitten with boils by the devil, right? Everybody agree with that? And you know what? It says that Job's cap, uh, sickness was captivity. And then it says, when Job prayed for his friends, and who wants friends? Like Job's friends. Oh, I'd say, bless him to death, Lord, in Jesus. But when he prayed for his friends, after all the nasty things they'd said to him, it says, the Lord turned to the captivity of Job. Sickness is a captivity. Death is a captivity. And see, when he led captivity captive, he conquered sickness and sin and disease and death, didn't he? But also he took a host of captives, and I have to make statements whether you agree with me or not, but check it out, uh, and if not, buy Foundation Christian Doctrine, okay, a book I've written. So when Jesus, in the Old Testament, none of the saints went to heaven. They all went to Sheol, the good section and the bad section, goodies and the baddies, all to Sheol. Like Abraham was gathered to his fathers and David said, I will go to him, the dead child, but he will not come to me. So uh, then the prophecies say in Amos and Hosea, you will redeem my soul from Sheol and from Hades. So when Jesus came and at the end of the three days and three nights, he descended in spirit and then into his resurrection body, he led captivity and a host of captives. Look up some of the translations. I've got a stack of them here. See what they all say. Captivity, captive. So he led captivity, captive. So he took the things that held us captive and he also took all the Old Testament saints up to heaven. And if you want to put this one down, Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, I think it's about verse 32, uh, 22. It says, We are come unto heavenly Jerusalem, note the language, heavenly Zion, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Where? In heaven. Now, just to give you this and without backing it up with scripture, every saint that dies, if I went to, tonight, and I left my wife with all the credit cards. That'd be terrible. But I would go straight to heaven. I would not go to Sheol or Hades. I would go straight to heaven. And that's why Paul said, to depart and be with Christ is far better. And then Simeon says, I will go to him. You know, all the New Testament saints, uh, is something we never talk on about here. What happens to the saints who die? The saints who die since the cross and his resurrection, they go straight to heaven into the presence of the Lord. Uh, does that sort of... Uh, something to think about. Yeah, it's quoted to me. No, he did it on the cross. By dying death he slew. So, you know, they give us the, they give us the flu to get rid of the flu, don't they? And Jesus died and conquered 
Yeah. Okay, now what about this scripture? Jesus said, touch me not. I'm not yet ascended. Now he had ascended in spirit, but he hadn't ascended in body. Then if you read the chapter, the same day at evening, he came through the doors and said to Thomas, behold me. Reach through the finger and put it into my side. So that's why I said it's like a divine jigsaw puzzle. You have to put it all together. So when Jesus died, he ascended to heaven and he led captivity captive and a host of all the Old Testament saints, captive the spirits of just men made perfect in the heavenly Zion, heavenly Jerusalem now, not down in Sheol, and any saint that dies since the cross, we go straight into the presence of the Lord, awaiting the resurrection body. But here he says, touch me not, don't cling to me, I'm not yet ascended. He had ascended in spirit, but he had not ascended in body. And see, Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, it says, he's going to fashion our body like his glorious body. So I'll have a body like Jesus. You will have a body like Jesus. So that's what he's talking about. He had ascended in spirit, but had not ascended physically. So he says, don't cling to me. I'm not yet ascended, but tell, tell the brethren, I'm resurrected, but I ascend to my Father and to your God, my God. That night... It says, the very same day at evening, he appeared to his disciples. How long did it take him to get to heaven and back? Sip, sip. <laughs> Time shall be no more. How long is it going to take you to do interplanetary travel? Sip, sip. It'll be fun. Did you have a question? Uh, there's no difference uh, because when you go to Paul's writings, Paul said he was caught up to paradise, never down. See, old Schofield, who's dead and knows better now, he taught us that, Schofield, uh, that paradise was down, downstairs. But Paul says, I was caught up to heaven, up to the third heaven. So we have three heavens, like there's three hells. There's the Atmospheric heavens, there's the planetary heavens, and there's the heaven of heavens uh, that Solomon speaks about. Heaven of heavens cannot contain you. So God dwells in the heaven of heavens. So Jesus had to go through the atmospheric heavens in his spacesuit, his glorified body, and then through the planetary heavens into the heaven of heavens, present himself there as the Father. Then he came back to earth for 40 days, spoke of the kingdom of God, and then zip. Uh, you have to speak up. I'm a little bit deaf. Paradise is up. Yes. And so the first thief, like the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were two thieves, but the first thief on the cross who repented was taken straight to paradise, never downstairs, the heaven of heavens. Yep. And that's where I hope to go. Yes. Exactly. So on the great day of atonement, which for Jesus was entering the most holy place within the veil, that was the day of atonement, presenting his blood for us and presenting his body. Because he came from heaven to earth to get body and blood and could not just go back to heaven with the blood. He went back with his blood and body. That's a sample of what our body will be. So... Exactly. Yes, exactly. So 
so uh, I deal with this in Foundation Christian Doctrine, but the three days and three nights were very busy. They were a busy schedule. Okay. Um, oh. What are you looking at me like that for, love? Oh. Okay, so, okay, let's go over the other ones. I want to spend the last few moments on the, on the name. So, who had gathered the wind in his fist? Humanly impossible. Get a handful of wind. You try it. Only God can do it. Who had bound the waters in the garment? My hands leak. <laughs> you know, only God can do it. Who had established the ends of the earth? Only God. Now, we want to go to questions six and seven. What is his name and what is his son's name, if you can tell? Oh. Okay, I hope I've convinced you on the other questions anyway, ascending and descending. All right, have I convinced anybody? Or are you still thinking? Okay, now let's go to the next se- uh, section here. Where are we? Ah, uh, yes. Now, there are three people in the Bible that wanted to know his name, and there are questions that we're finishing up on here. What is his name, and what is his son's name, if you can tell? Now, let's go over to Genesis uh, cha- chapter 32. Are you thinking out there? I mean, like my wife says, you know, preaching and teaching is like cooking. It takes hours to prepare a meal, and then you scallop it up in 40 minutes. I have a drink. Am I dribbling? Okay. Time out while I have a drink of holy water. My wife sometimes says, when I get home, you're dribbling. I said, that's a sign of an old man. Okay, go to Genesis chapter 32 now, and uh, uh, we want to ask that question. Verses 26 through to 30. Uh, So it says here, Jacob is, uh, or yeah, the angel is wrestling with Jacob. So we go to verse uh, 26, and he said, uh, as, uh, oh, let's go to verse 25, lead into it. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. And, but he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Now notice the change of name here. What is your name? And Jacob simply means a supplanter. Some people say, and some preachers will say this, it's a deceiver. It never is. Supplanter. And he says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, a prince having power with God and with men. So from being the usurper, uh, now to being a prince. That's it. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. Now, I, I, Jacob is like, I, I said, I, I've confessed my name and what my nature is, but what's your name? And what, did, what was the reply? He said, why is it you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. He never told him. Let's go to the next one. We'll go to uh, number, three, uh, number three, and then we'll come back to number two. So let's go to Manoah in Judges chapter 13. We're just trying to find what is his name, what is his son's name, if he can tell. All right, Judges chapter 13 and uh, verse 17 and 18. Visitation of the Lord, uh, verse 15 I'll read. Uh, then, uh, Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, 
think of the angel of the Lord. Please let us detain you and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat of your, eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to, to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was an angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name? Why do these guys want to know the name? What is your name? That when the, your words come to pass, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask after my name? And those who have the marginal reference, it says, it's seeing it is a wonderful or a wonderful secret. He never got the answer. So Jacob asked, what is your name? He confessed his name, change of name. And then Manoah asked, what is your name? Now, let's go to number, th- uh, number two now. Moses is the only one that gets a part of the name. Now, listen carefully, because you see, sometimes people say, well, why do we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit? Why do we baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? I hope this session helps you understand it. And I'm having to condense so much. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, Exodus 3 and verse 13 we'll pick up, I think that'll be right, Exodus 3 and verse 13, oh yeah, let's go to verse 13, then Moses said to God, indeed when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Now Moses is asking the same question, Jacob did and Manoah did, what is your name? Now, I want you to note something, God is not a name. It really agitates me because you know what the latest swear word is, really? Oh my God. Well, do they even believe in God? And the little kids are saying, oh my God, so do you even believe in God or are you an atheist? But see, it's the latest swear word. Eh? God is not a name. There's many gods. Paul says, there's many gods, but to us, there's one God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's continue. So what is his name? What shall I say to them? No use saying, Going down to Egypt, say, oh, the God of your fathers sent me. Well, what's his name? Because Egypt had lots of gods. They worshipped they worship the river Nile. They worshipped frogs. They worshipped Laos. They were la- lousy, la- lousy, uh, you know, lice, lousy. Anyway, whatever. And now notice verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall, uh, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This, what? This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. Now listen carefully. What is his name? Did you know that the name of the Father... Now, the moment... uh, Let me just digress here. Uh, My time's up. Can I sneak a few moments? Uh, Everybody who doesn't... Didn't say yes, go home. Okay. (laughs) All right. See, when Jesus comes... He said, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son, and Jesus as the Holy Spirit. Because you see, we're moving now after his ascension into the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. But before that, it was the dispensation of the Son, it was the dispensation of the Father. And just to surprise you, over 6,000 times, 
in the Old Testament, God always says, my name is the Lord. This is my name forever and my memorial to all generations. So the name of the Father is the Lord. 6,000 times. I haven't finished yet. What is his son's name? You all know that one. It's not till the incarnation and the virgin birth do we say, you will have a son and you will call his name Jesus. Now, are you getting it? So, Lord Jesus. Okay, so we had the Father's name and the Son's name. Now, shock, shock, shock. Father is not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Spirit's not a name. Uh, Father, come here. How many fathers are here? Uh, Women, don't put your hand up. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise, I can confuse. See, Father is not a name. But every father here has a name. Right? Okay. So we've got the father's name. We've got the son's name, Jesus. Now what about the Holy Spirit? Because you know what he says, baptize in the name. It's not in the name. It's it's I-E-S. It's into the name. Into the name. So what is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What is the name of the Holy Spirit? Eh? Now, I have, I have to finish on this. Um, let's go to the scriptures on your notes here. Uh, let's go to Acts chapter 2. I've gone beyond time, but that's all right. It's our last day. Uh, go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and uh, verse, uh, where is it? Uh, verse 33, yeah. Okay, now, Acts chapter th- uh, 2 and verse 32, uh, 33. Now, remember, the chapter is the day of Pentecost. It's the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out. And it's the birthday of the church. All those are very significant things. It's the initial Pentecost. And I'm making these apparently wild statements, but the first revelation given to Peter on the day of Pentecost was the revelation of the triune name for baptism. Listen to it. Not once do you find any of the epistles or any of the book of Acts baptism, and I've gone through 14 cases of them, never once do they say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They never quote the command. They obey the command. Big difference. Now, see, what we do, because of charges later against, we quote the command and then baptize in the triune name of the triune God. So we say, quote the command, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then we invoke that name, which is in the book of Acts, Lord Jesus Christ, the triune name for the triune God. Okay, let's read here. Uh, Verse 33. Uh, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of of, of God, And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, so Father and Holy Spirit, and referring to the Son, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit on my right hand till I make all your enemies your footstool. Therefore, as is often said, when you see a therefore, you want to see what's there for. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they said, what about Matthew 28 19, baptized in the name of Father, Son? No, nothing of that. said, what will we do? said, repent. And let every one of you be baptized. And the earliest manuscripts 
be baptized, not in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I have to quit there. I will say this. You see, my name, my surname is Connor. And you see, when Jesus went to heaven, uh, let's back back a little bit. For 30 years, Jesus was known as Jesus of Nazareth. 30 years. When did Jesus become Christ? At the water baptism, when the Holy Spirit descended on him. And for three and a half years, he's known as Jesus Christ. But when did he become the Lord Jesus Christ? Not till he ascended into heaven and the Father said to the Son, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And you see, we don't realize the significance of this, that the Father gave his name, Lord, to the Son. Now, my name is Connor. I have a son. Mark Andrew Connor. He is partaker of his father's name. Every say, time you say Connor, are you referring to the son or to the father? Think. It could be either. But if you say Mark Andrew Connor, you're referring to the son. But if you say Kevin John Connor, you're referring to the father. Because the Lord is the Father's name, and when Jesus ascended to heaven, the Father gave him his name and said, The Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand. That's enough. I was going to use the whiteboard. Did you get something out of that? So it makes water baptism and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ much more meaningful to you. Ah, now... Can I take uh, just one minute, turn to page 20. I know we're beyond time, but uh, this is my last session. Uh, on page 20, if, 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 everybody say if. If you want to do a definition of proverb yourself, you've got it here. So this is why I gave a supplemental definition of proverb, understand the proverb, Hebrew, Masculine instructions, saying a figure, and then Proverbs, different sayings, rules from heaven for living on earth, short sentences drawn from long experience, short pithy sayings, and so forth. And note, uh, note the bo- in the bold, while each biblical prover- proverb is true, no one proverb contains the whole or complete truth on any matter, only the complete Bible does contain the full truth. I'll try to prove that to you tonight. What is his name? What is his son's name? Ascending and descending. I had to go through the Bible. And I had a couple of others, but that's enough for you. So, number one, select a proverb from the list provided below. Number two, is it, completed, is it a completed proverb where it's complete in itself? Or is it a comparative proverb as and so? Or is it a contrastive proverb? You've got that. Is it a negative or a positive quality? What is the basic lesson? State it in your own words. And can you think of any other scripture or scriptures to support the lesson? And how can I apply it practically to my life? Okay, I think that's enough. Have you been well fed tonight? How many enjoy the second session better than the first session? I did too. Okay, let's all stand. And thank you for being such a wonderful bunch and letting me lay all this heavy on you. It's called Kevy's Heavy Revies. <laughs> Why don't we just join our hands across uh, anywhere here. Father, we, we just thank you for your inexhaustible word. Truly, Lord, the more we know, the less we know. We can never exhaust it. And we thank you, Lord, for these uh, several Sundays that we've had exploring the book of Proverbs. So much wisdom, so much in it, Lord. It uh, blows us out of the tub, so to speak. 
Lord, help us. Lord, may it not, not uh, just be information to our mind, but a formation of our character. Let it be, Father, as we go forth into this dark world. Uh, may our light and, and uh, shine forth, Father. Let it be in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.